Good luck. Thanks, Murray. Thanks. Uh, Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? What's wrong with your real name? That's what you called me on the show, a Joker. Do you remember? Did I? I don't know. But if you say so, kid, you know, Joker is. It's good. Thanks, Murray. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. This episode is jinx. It's a long time coming. If something goes wrong, like the power goes out, we're not recording. I don't know if this if episode we just all spontaneously combust. I'm not gonna go that far, but this episode will never see the light of day. <laughs> well, this is the closest it's ever been. Uh, we tried to record. No. Okay, so no, no, no. We never tried to record it. We have a calendar that we keep with a, on a whiteboard that maybe we've posted it to the Instagram once or twice before. Mm-hmm. And every couple months, because we, we managed to fit about six months or so of movies on there. We have our schedule. We had the date. We had to do our little color coding system. Joker has filtered its way through several this variations the on third, the whiteboard. the third time it's been on the calendar. Yeah. The first two times we were like, nah, we'll bump it. We just kept bumping it. We were like, we're not in the mood to watch a movie like that today. Because guess what? We're in charge. We are. We can do whatever the fuck we want. And whoever, who is ever in the mood to be like, you want to watch Joker? <laughs> it's kind of a kind of a bat shit thing. Bat? Really a, uh, wow. Uh, yeah, no, no one ever, no one's ever said that. Now, I had never seen the film. Mm-hmm. Griffin saw it in theaters. Four years ago. Because it was important to you for some reason to see this. (laughs) I think it was like, I was curious. There's like, you know, at the time, a lot of hype. The hype made me not curious. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, a lot of hype, a lot of concern. The hype made me actively be like, I don't want to see this movie. I definitely don't want to see it in theaters. Sure. People are going to act like fucking idiots. Well, and then Friends of the Pod, Rob and Serafina wanted to go see it, so I joined in. Um, I don't remember anything about the theater experience besides it being at Arclight, may they rest in peace. Um, it, to, to my limited recollection, was pretty, pretty normal. Were you shocked? Was I shocked by the movie? Yes. Uh, yeah. There's some pop-outs. Yeah. There's... Violent pop-outs. It was... I don't know, like, I wish I could, like, remember, like, what my thoughts were going into it, because, like, every other movie on my radar in the superhero realm, I watch the trailers. I, don't, I realize I don't watch, like, a lot of trailers for non-superhero movies, unless I'm at the movie it's theater. It's a superhero movie. No, I'm saying I watch the trailers for this oh. one. That was just, like, a little thought to myself. Um, so I kind of, like, expected it to be, like, this, like, gritty thing, but, like, yeah, I really it didn't know gritty. anything about the story that it was going to tell or um, the Arthur Fleck version of the Joker. Uh, I think I was mostly just like, I thought it was cool that they were doing like this as its own thing. You know, we, we got Jared Leto out of there. Joaquin Phoenix seemed like he was going to do a really good job. Robert De Niro being in it was like, a, huh? Well, I had no intention of watching it. So you like told me basically what happened with Robert De Niro's character. Yeah. So I already knew that going into the film. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer. 
It's fine. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's still it's still worth watching, but I do think like you kind of lose the element of shock. There were other twists and turns that was more shocking to me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Can I guess? I'm guessing at least the uh, Zazie Beats kind of reveal. Yeah, that was that was the biggest. Sh- I think I said something out loud when you did, it was like, like revealed <laughs> that like sh- that wasn't happening. Which at the time I was like, this doesn't. I don't think this is real. But then it like seemed like it was. I want to. I'll talk about that throughout the, the my notes. So okay. I don't want to spend. All right, all right, all right. I want to we'll, talk about. We'll it. save these these uh, as general it flows. Yep, as we go. But because we were so resistant to watching this movie. We intentionally were like, we're only going to watch, like, we're going to split it up. We did one hour one day and one hour, like, maybe the next day, maybe mm-hmm. a day Yeah, yeah, between. no, we did, it, we did it two days in a row. And that was the, for the best. Well, and also, like, the night that we were going to originally watch it, or at least start watching it, we had watched um, the last couple episodes of this season of The Bear. Which was so good. It's a fantastic show, and also very intense, and we needed, like, a cool down. From that, and that was not Joker. That would have been a pretty, pretty rough. Uh, it was a pretty combo. stressful last episode. Yeah. Um. Okay. Should we get into Let's it? Do it? Well, what did you remember? Everything that happened. I mean, the the plot's not. There's not a lot of plot. Plot's well, not super dense. So, if you had asked me, I'm trying to put myself in the headspace of me three days ago, trying to remember like. The, the plot of Joker. Um, I remember, like, all the stuff with uh, Thomas Wayne. All of his mommy the, stuff? Yeah, the questions about that. I, I remember that he fucking smothered her with a pillow. Forgot that it was in the hospital. That I forgot she went to the hospital. Uh, I remember the, the Zazie Beats twist. I remembered um, him uh, killing Randall. Uh, the dropping the gun in the hospital, because that was hilarious to me. That, that was... Probably the funniest thing that happened in the movie, and it wasn't that funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, th- I remember, like, the like, the whole... the Joaquin Phoenix of it all. I remember the general gist, yeah. Like, I could have... I think I could have hit most of the beats. I've only seen Joaquin Phoenix and Her, which I put as one of my top movies of all time, even though I've only seen it once. That's also the only other thing that I've seen him in, which is wild to me. I feel like I got some blind spots that I need to take care of. Now, because I know he's done some other good stuff, but I mean, hell of a performance by him in this. It's pretty wild. I'm really interested to see what happens in the second movie. Yeah, I don't know what the hell to expect. If it's a musical, you know, I hope it's a musical. <laughs> they we've been told it's a musical, and yeah. I will not watch it if it's not. <laughs> yeah, I I do think it's beyond a theory. I, I think it is. We know what's going on. Well, I think the first minute of the movie is telling of what the movie is going to be. Yeah. Immediately. He's, he's putting on his, his clown makeup and crying. Well, more well, laughing. Is he crying? He's crying. He's getting he has, beat up. He has, no, it's before that. I it's know, before. but I'm talking about the beating up. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, that Inst- sets that's, the tone right. for the movie. Yeah, he gets his ass beat in an alleyway. Which, I know that this movie is, like, not in our reality, but, like, the the teenagers of this era, I'm like, are they, like, I guess I'm just, like, suspending belief, but, like, it, are people like that? You just get your ass beat? 
I mean, hey, maybe. No, the the teenagers. Yeah. Just I, like they see somebody just, that's dressed up and is like turning a sign and they're like, we're going to attack this person. Just get jumped. I don't think, you know, probability is low, but if I'm like thinking like. Like unprompted. Like grimy like Warriors era New York or something, maybe. But, you know, maybe. I mean. But it's fucking Gotham. I mean, right. Gotham by definition is just like. The most hostile urban environment you can live in. I thought that the direction of this movie was really interesting in thinking about our other versions of Gotham over over the years. Because by 2019, we have everything except for the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the Nolan films are like what's mostly it's being based on. But there's like a like a darkness that shows up in even like our campier movies like Tim Burton and, and even a little bit Joel Schumacher but like I would say this feels like it could have been a prequel to the Christopher Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. I know it's not meant to be but Yeah, but like I I get the the feeling that Gotham gives in Batman Begins especially cuz like the other ones, no. He totally, like, changed the vibe. But, like, when they're in, like, that Narrows neighborhood of Batman... Or of Gotham and Batman Begins. Exactly. Like, I think a lot of it's because of, like, the color grading. Like, it's all very yellow. A lot of, like, yellows and browns. It's, like, kind of, like, warm colors. Um, yeah, totally. Um, it, but it, it, to me... It feels like it rains every day. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's gross. Like, I just imagine, like, the air there is just... It's hazy. It's, like, toxic. And that's why... One reason why everybody's all pissed off all the time. Yeah, and, like, the people of Gotham feel like they do in Batman Begins. Mm -hmm. Like, this very dissatisfied taste in the air. They're they're all under pressure, you know, the... There's garbage in the streets. government's not helping. They're super rats. Um, Which I saw, like, an interesting note about that, because I just thought that was kind of, like, a funny bit. Like, they're just telling you, like, how bad things are. There's, like... 10,000 pounds of trash piling up on the sidewalk every day because the uh, garbage workers are striking. But they're like, you know, we have super rats, so now we're going to have to release super cats. And I saw someone on Reddit who's like, is that like, we're, we're developing a super villain here? So, like, this is like kind of what sets the stage for someone like Batman to kind of have to step in. It was like, this is the ground level for like I thought, super villains to become a thing. That's what I was thinking. Or just, like, I get why this city, like, gravitates to any kind of um, disruptor. Just, like, yeah, just, like, release of the tension that they keep mentioning. Um, There's a couple of uh, things that are, like, through lines throughout the movie. The trash, and then there's something else that I was, like, I wanted to make a note about, but that it's, like... It stays consistent. Maybe I didn't make a note about it. Well, yeah, what else is there? Because we, yeah, we're getting introduced to some stuff pretty early on. And it's like the the trash, like you said. Um, Thomas Wayne being like this controversial public figure that we keep coming back to. Which I thought this was a really interesting take on Thomas Wayne. Kind of similar to how they handled it in The Batman. But I feel like The Batman ended up like trying to absolve Thomas Wayne of some of his, like, culpability in, like, that whole scheme. But I feel like this version of Thomas Wayne is just very... It's very clear, like, what he is. 
Yeah. Which it's not my Thomas Wayne. I'll tell you that much. It's not. That's that's the biggest difference from Batman Begins, isn't it? The, I, the greatest actor of all time. I think the other through line is, I guess, like the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Murray, Murray. But um, yeah, I got some thoughts on Tom, on T, Tommy, Tommy boy. <laughs> okay. T Dubs. Thomas Wayne worked for who? What's that about? <laughs> I don't Well, Thomas Wayne didn't work for anybody. Is that talking about his mom working for Thomas Wayne? Because I think she says that pretty early. Like, I worked for that man for so long. Like, he, he'll remember me. He'll help me. Okay, yeah. Because I think that's like, that's, like, one of the first scenes we get with her is her talking about it. When she's, like, in bed she being asks like, he's not answering my letters. Yeah. Um, it's really sad to not get any mail. <laughs> it is. You pain. said that when we were watching you, right? That's nothing sadder than no mail. Um, I think the note I wrote most often is, is this scene real <laughs> or what? <laughs> the first one was like the scene with Murray and Arthur. I was like, is he actually there? And then that, whilst watching, I was like, okay, no. And then like, they actually show it like not. It's interesting the times where they tell us that it's not actually real. And then there are times in the movie where they never tell us what, what really, what was the real narrative. Mm -hmm. So I think overall, like, I think this, what this movie does best, which I think is really hard to do is have your lead character be an unreliable narrator, like in a movie. Like, I think it's much easier in a book. Like that's a common trope that we, talked about in like high school literature classes as like the unreliable narrator but I think that's really hard to do in a movie and I think this this film does it like incredibly I totally agree I also just like had this little theory in my head I don't know if it's actually true or not um like where everything matches up but like we have these several scenes like when he's on Murray um I feel like there's like another one where He's like fantasizing, and then we like pull out to like him neighbor. seeing him. Well, I was trying to think: is there like in the point of the movie where he has is like forced to stop taking his medication? Does that make a difference in how the viewer is interpreting those scenes? Because well, we the don't... Murray thing is before he's off his medication. Yeah, yeah. I guess I was just thinking: like, were there any scenes after that after he stops his medication where it's like not clear? And, like, we never get, like, that moment of... I mean, that's what... Like, things escalate so much at the end of the movie that I have seen people say that before. They're like, at what point is this, like... Could it potentially just be Arthur fantasizing? Right. Like, did he actually, like, brutally murder anybody? Or is that just what he wanted to do? Is that what he was imagining himself doing? Which, most of the time, like, when I think about movies, like, I just kind of discard... The, it was all like a dream. It's all in his head because, like, to me, that's just not. It's not satisfying. Right. But I do think that there's. I think this movie doesn't work if none of that stuff at the end happened. But it's also it is an interesting thing to to even have a debate about. I think the only things that are in his head are the things that aren't impacting the greater plot. Because yeah. otherwise, like, yeah, it's like, what's the point of that? Like. So, like, him having, dating the neighbor, like, that's not impacting anything in the plot. So, right. like, once yeah. that goes away, it's like everything still happened as it was. But he's, he's still that out early there. early scene with Murray, yeah. yeah. But he's still doing what he's doing. Like, his, the more he's, like, interacting with, like, other people, like, that's, that's more real. 
And, like, the longer he continues to interact with one person. Is this movie meant to be a PSA for the anti-gun movement? Did the, How did the NRA rate this movie, you know? Because, <laughs> like, bad. if this doesn't call for greater background checks, you know, I don't know what does. I would say that would be a, you know, if they had a scene He where, even has a line where he's like, I'm not allowed to own a gun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Randall's bitch ass would have disregarded any of that, uh, you know. Why did Randall think it was a good idea to give him a gun? And then, like, lied about it. Yeah. Randall's just Randall an asshole. was the only person I think that truly deserved to die. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I mean, it's a hot take, but fuck it. Yeah, he was an asshole. I think more than anything, this was, like, I mean, it's not remotely subtle about it. It's, like, a warning about, like, not having, like, a social safety net. Like, the whole movie is, like, here are people falling through the cracks. Yeah. And the, the systems that are supposed to be there. And the people administering the systems are failing at every possible opportunity. Right, and, like, the wrong thing happening to the wrong person right. can be disastrous. And, like, it was kind of, like, this could actually happen. Like, this, like, I un... Mean, yeah. It does happen. Unwell person could end up on a TV show because they didn't really vet it and they were just like, yeah, this person's trending, yeah. so let's get them on. Well, I mean, it, there's obviously more to it than that, especially now, but... But I think that was the reason for, like, all of, like, the, the controversy and fear about this movie was because it's, like, looking at, like, the kind of, like, lone wolf archetype of someone that, like, you slips through the cracks and then ends up killing people in retribution. But the movie doesn't paint Arthur as a hero. Well, it depends who you ask. Well, if you were a... If you look at those pockets of the a, internet, of those people that are slipping through the cracks. Sure. But if you're, uh, you know, a rational individual, you you look at, at this movie and even, I think... He's like For me, a at some point, you lose sympathy for Arthur because, you know, he goes from, like... You could say that he... Two of the three people that he killed on the train... We're in self-defense, and then he, you know, kind of chases down and cold-blooded executes the third guy, and from then on, it's kind of like, all right, man, pump the brakes. Um, he's really good at being unsettling. So good. He's, I'm very unsettled. Yeah. Everything he does, his dancing, his, his rib cage, his Ooh, shoulder blades yeah. from the back, like, he has, like, the multiple laugh, laughs. He has, he has the... The laugh that he can't control, and then he has the fake laugh that he does. And then, like, the coughing from the laugh. Yeah. Like, I loved when he's, like, at the stand-up club, and he's laughing, like, off. And then he, like, he hears other people laughing at a joke, and then he, like, joins in on it. Yeah. And that's, like, one of my favorite things that Joaquin Phoenix does is when the early scene when they're at the office and, like, they're making fun of Gary, um, and he, like, joins in on the laughter, and then we, like follow him down a hallway and his face just goes from like that fake laugh to just like nothing. <laughs> and it's, he's so good at that. Oh, poor Gary. And I just, I find so many moments of this where it's like, there's no like CG or prosthetics for this version oh, of yeah. the Joker. He's just like but a guy wasn't who's for Heath Ledger either. He's like face. Like he had like the scars and stuff, you know, that's uh, like, well, it's like makeup. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, yeah, Arthur Fleck has none of that. Right, and he right. still is like, very physically, like, disconcerting. So that that worked for me a lot. 
I even thought, just going back to, like, the comparison to Heath Ledger's Joker, like, when they are revealing, like, what is in the um, paperwork at the asylum, um, there's, like, this stuff about his, like, mom's, like, partners and how he was abused and stuff like that. That storyline could very easily drop into, like, the storylines that Heath Ledger is showing. Yeah. Which is, like, from the comics, too. It's, like, every time he gets asked, he has, like, a different story. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to know what the backstory is. But, like, those were all... Those sounded like things that that would have come up in that movie. For sure. Yeah, I think he, he has one that's exactly like yeah. that. He's like, my father was a drinker. Right. And a fiend. And I didn't know if that was, like, an homage for this movie. Probably a little bit. But I also do think it's just, like the plethora of non-canon origins that have been floated. Yeah. I just love that, like, like we can do a movie like this, but, like, it it's still, it's, like, that's its own thing. Like that, that's, that's one version of the Joker. Right, like, that's that's Arthur Fleck. Like, that's not, <laughs> you can't you can't do a backstory for a version of the Joker like Heath Ledger. You can't do it. Well, it would because ruin it would, that character. Exactly. Yeah. But when you do it from the ground up like this and you, you build the movie around it, then then you can make it work. Now, this is the movie I would like to see, and I think that this is what the movie was started out as. He and his mom are Grey Gardens. <laughs> Two. The sequel. Grayer Gardens. Grayer Gardens. Grey Gardens back in the habit. <laughs> two Grey, two Garden. <laughs> um, bad Boys, Two Grey Gardens. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen Grey Gardens. I'm going to guess No. I, I've I, seen both I, the documentary seen, and the film with Drew Barrymore um, and um, what's her name from American Horror Story. I've seen the documentary now episode. I've also seen that. <laughs> so that's a, but I know I'm familiar with Grey Gardens. Uh, but the way that they like live together and they like snap at each other and she's like, "But you're not funny," is like very Grey Gardens. That was some cold blooded shit. Um. The mom is, like, such an interesting character that we don't get enough of, in my opinion. No. IMO. But, like, you know, she's she's in no state to tell us anything. At the and beginning, we find, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. But, like, she clearly is, like, not, <laughs> like, like, who knows what she even remembers. I think someone caught, like, a note in her Arkham files that says she was lobotomized. Which makes a lot of sense for yeah. like how, the way that she acts now. Um, the movie takes a real turn early on. Yes, it does. But at what point are you talking about? I think... Well, who is the first person he kills? The subway? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty early. That, yeah, I, actually, I do have a note that I'm like, wow, like this... I thought this happened like a lot later. But yeah, that is And it's like early. brutal. It is. Those guys are, everyone knows really weird songs in this movie. Like, this guy's just, like, performing a little musical number on the train. <laughs> the tech bros. Totally the kind of people that would work at Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> the yeah. tech bros of Gotham. The finance guys. They reminded me of the guys in the menu. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, do you think the dancing is a reference to Have You Ever Danced with the Devil in the Pale Moonlight? It could be. Because I think it is. That's just Maul's theory. That's ding, a f- ding. 
Ding, ding. That's, Mall a, theory. that's a new that's sound a new effect. Bit. Okay. Fuck it, I'm in. Ding, Mall ding. theory. Ding, ding. <laughs> Uh, I like that theory. I kind of just assumed it was like a weird thing that Joaquin Phoenix decided to start doing. Because apparently like that scene where he climbs into the fridge, like that was just Joaquin Phoenix doing that. Like he was supposed to like tear stuff out and like throw it in rage, but he just decided to like sit inside it instead. I mean, I think he could have been like the one to like do it, but I, part of me is like, he's like making a draw on that line. Yeah. No, I like that. I think you're probably like, yeah, I think you're on the money. I think they they pulled like a lot of little elements from the different versions of the Joker, except for the Jared Leto tattoos. You know, I don't think there's we'll, any. We'll leave that. Any JL in here? And Jared Leto was mad that they didn't that he didn't get to do this movie. But like, can you even imagine? It wouldn't have been subtle. Wouldn't have been good. <laughs> well, he got to do Morbius. Too <laughs> so true. I think um, it's kind. Of, Intentionally ironic. Is that an oxymoron? Intentionally ironic? Intentionally ironic. I don't the, know. The, the judgmental attitude of uh, Thomas Wayne about like masks and parading around. I, I liked all I of those that. little like lines that they planted for it's him. Like, you don't even know what your son's going to be up to in 15 well, years. Because you're going to be dead. Yeah, so you really won't know. That Bruce seemed fucked. Oh, yeah, he's he's done. Someone was That's like, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I saw this comment that was like, clearly in this universe, he's going to turn into clown man <laughs> because why would he be, why would he ever be more afraid of bats than the clown right. that killed both of his parents? Um, oh, I think also like doesn't seem to have a good relation with his dad. So like, no, what are we getting revenge on your town? I guess. Probably more on more on behalf of Gotham as a whole. Oh, I think one of the lines that we skipped because it was before the before his uh, shooting of the finance bros on the subway. Um, when we have one of the you know later revealed to be fantasy scenes of um, is what was her name? Zazie Beetz's character's name. I think I saw it in the credits because I don't know if I believe she it's it, like, the was. neighbor. Does she not? I don't know. I, think I just that's what I called her in my. Notes. I could do that. I think it's like Sophie. Sophie. Um, I think the funniest line of the movie comes from that scene where she's like restocking me, and he's like trying to be like all cool about it. And also, I saw a take that's like so great that he's like so suave in those scenes, and it's like, of course, right. And like the funniest line that's in the movie, in my opinion, is in the scene where that's not even real; like it's all in his head. And she's like, "I thought you were gonna like come in and rob the place." He's like, "I have a gun. I can come back tomorrow." Yeah. Like that was like genuinely right. like it was very a funny. Good line. It was funny. It was like charming and yeah, very yeah. much not anything that he would ever actually His say. Portrayal. Yeah. Well, even at the end, when he's on the show, he's very articulate for the most part mm-hmm. and like eloquent with how he's speaking. That I'm like, I was even like, is this scene real? Like, he's like in character. Right. Like that. Which I, yeah, I think I had some notes about that. Um, oh, the guy on the subway, real musical theater guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, but (laughs) is that also in his head? See, that felt like it was not real. And then it's like, he cuts out of it and he's like in his face. Like that can't be real. That man's not singing to bully someone. That's an interesting point. But again, like this movie is like, it's so on the nose with like, everyone is just like, 
they're they're cruel, but they're cruel in like very weird ways. Right. So it it kind of seems in line with this movie that you have this fucking weirdo who t- happens to know and does performs this song before he beats someone up on the train, but just as easily could have been a figment of his imagination. Are there any other movies that you can think of where we're like genuinely not rooting for anybody? Because that's like this movie. I'm there's no character that I'm like, oh man. I hope that they, I mean, I guess in a small way, the neighbor, but she's like kind of a non-character. Ready for her to not die. Um, To get out of that apartment at the very least. Yeah. But Uh, like, we're not rooting for Robert De Niro's character. We're not obviously rooting for Tommy. We're not rooting for Arthur. I don't know. I always have to think about this, but like, it's pretty rare. Like, you know, I, when I think of things like that with totally irredeemable characters, I go more to like TV shows, like Succession, and even but you even know, in still, those shows where you know they're bad, you still find yourself rooting for one of those characters. But in this movie, I'm genuinely like I'm rooting for it to be over. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want anything else to happen. It's all bad. Like I guess I'm rooting for Gotham, which <laughs> is like the whole crux of Batman is like Gotham will come back. Yeah, but. It's an interesting point. I can't. I can't think of anything right. right now. But yeah, simmer on that. I will simmer. What else I got here? Oh yeah. So the actor that played um, Tommy in this movie, who I thought was a great pick for like this version of Thomas Wayne. Very uh, old, but I yeah. guess that was the point. Yeah. Uh, he was a uh, Johnny Blaze's dad in Ghost Rider. Oh, nice. So. Crossover. Little, little crossover there. He was also in The Dark Knight Rises. He must have had a really small part. He played a congressman. So that's cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so that was like a scene there where we, we have him like talking and they're discussing like the cutting of social services. And that's not something like specifically I had remembered from the first watch. But for me this time, I was like, oh, they're laying it on like very thick. Like, oh, like, we're being cut. You're not going to be able to get your meds anywhere. Oh, well, um, what did you want to talk about with when this story takes place? Maybe during a certain presidency who also cut. So. Reagan era? It's definitely supposed to be Reagan era. I think one of the movies or, like, the, yeah, the movie that the Waynes are walking out of, someone, like, said that came out in, like, 81, but there's something else in the movie that would have pointed it to being, like, 85. But what you were saying after to me about it being, like, ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely was. Like, it, it it presents everything in a way that's, like, yeah, like, you're, like, there's no one, like, using smartphones. There's no one using <laughs> cell phones, period. But at the same time, like, to me, like, some of the ways that they presented things, like, the comedy club felt, you know, a little bit... Well, um, they're smoking everywhere. yeah. So in some ways it like totally bleeds like seventies, early eighties, but like it, it very much is like they never put an age statement on it, which I thought was cool. Just like the Incredibles. Just like the Incredibles. Remember when we had that realization that it was in the probably 50s. the fifties though? <laughs> I think I saw that on the internet, actually. I can't remember. I know we mentioned it in our episode. I love a secret family drama. Tell me more. Well, okay, so I went on a like a whirlwind with everybody else about the mom and are they related, are they not? I honestly still don't know, but I was wondering if in the comics there are versions where the Joker and Bruce are 
related. I have no idea. I'm I'm curious about that. I I did no additional research, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. Um, like the family mystery, kind of like what they did in the Batman as well. Like you know the whole thing with like Martha being institutionalized in Arkham and stuff. Like I love yeah. that being presented as like a surprise to to Bruce and in this like yeah we don't we don't know what's going on and was this whole thing like an elaborate you know setup by Thomas Wayne to distance himself from this woman and and her son or you know was uh you know the the was he adopted the whole time like we don't we don't know i mean i'm i'm pretty firmly on the train of like he's not they're not really he's not thomas yeah. wayne's son uh just because i think it it makes it so much stronger that like it's like of course that wouldn't be true because in some ways That's that could be like a lucky very break for, story right and like even if even if thomas wayne didn't like accept him you know i just that also gives him more of like a reason and like the whole thing is that it's He's supposed to be, like, operating, like, outside of reason or revenge. Like, he's not Batman. No, he just is doing what he's doing. Um, I I just did a quick search, and I don't... It doesn't seem like there's any, like, canonical evidence. Or, like, none of the... Other backstories. Interesting. Um, It was a cool, cool plot. I liked it as a choice. I yeah. also, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think I also landed on that. It's not, but the the, scene, the flashback with Penny, like, where she, I could also totally believe, like, this version of Thomas Wayne would make her seem crazy mm-hmm. in order to, like, not get swept up into a scandal and be like, no, like, you're crazy and, like, get a fake birth certificate. Like, I kind of believe that that could also be real and that she's like, no one believes me and, like, the only reason she's crazy is because no one believed her. Don't watch the movie Changeling, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I think there's more, like, I like that, but then, like, all the stuff about, like, Arthur being, like, abused and stuff, it's, like, that goes beyond, like... Oh, the, I the think panel. that's all real, but th- those things can both exist. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I guess I, I like it m- more as, like, there just not being any relation because I think it just, like... I do, too. ...dictates so much about, like, his mom... And just, like, hinging everything on something that was never real. Right. And just, you know, Arthur has no idea about, like, any of the context. He has no foundation. his own history. Yeah. Well, one that she, like, never told him. And then he, like, finds out. And then that's, like, the story she sticks with. And so it's, like, well, of course it's real because she kept it from him. Mm-hmm. Like, which, which is kind of interesting. That would make me believe it more. It's, like, well, why would what if I never found this out? Like, yeah. So like, why would it be a lie? Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, and I get that it's more accurate for Thomas Wayne to be an asshat, but like, I like the less cynical version. I, I mean, love the I, Bat- not just the actor, but I like the Batman begins version. No, I, I, I do too. Like, I like the <laughs> very like comic booky idea that, there can be someone like Thomas Wayne who is like a good, good person because we don't have a lot of that. And, and that this, his death has like a huge impact on the city. Right. Like this Thomas Wayne is very much like, I think <laughs> like a lot of like the big names that we're seeing right now in, you know, 
like an Eric Adams type, you know, like nobody likes Eric Adams. Millions of people voted for him. Probably millions of people voted for Thomas Wayne, but yeah, it's, it's hard to think of his, his death leaving like a hole in the city. Like that version of Thomas Wayne was from the Nolan movies. But I guess some of that would just depend on like how he's being like propped up, you know, public perception of him, which at the time of this movie is like in the toilet because he keeps saying dumb shit on TV but like, who knows? Like, if he dies, he could just get martyred. Hero, and then, yeah. yeah. So. Oh, the other thing that was like, maybe I do believe Penny is because he finds that picture and it it says like, love your smile or something like T W. Yeah. Come on, you guys, conspiracy theories. I love that they like they threw that in to give you like a little bit of ambiguity. Because at that point, I was like, well, I just don't believe it at all. Right. And, and then the picture was like, I'm back in. And she was like already dead by yeah. the time he finds the picture. And so he, like, it's like at some point, like it doesn't doesn't even matter at that point, because it doesn't to him. That's why he's just I like, know. fuck it. Like we're it's dead and gone, but like still. But also, like, he killed his mom so fast after reading that stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> he was over there like two hours later. I mean, it's not great. No. <laughs> also, um, shout out to Brian Tyree Henry for that bit part. I know. <laughs> I love that he was in there. I thought that, again, it was interesting that there wasn't, like, a flashback to him remembering that part of his childhood, which is also, like, brings into question, like, what is the true narrative? I like that, like, we have him in that scene. He's, like, standing in the room when Penny's, like, being questioned. Um, and to me, that's just, like, he's so, like, disconnected from himself that, like, yeah, this is what he's flashing back to. Even as they're talking about yeah. what actually happened to him... Like, we stay focused on pain. Right. You know, that narcissistic personality disorder. We just focus on her all the time. Oh, shit, we just killed Mommy. That was my next <laughs> We did just kill Mommy with a pillow. Not a, not a great way to go. Not the worst way to go, but not a great way to go. But, you know, I don't... I don't know if she was ever going to make it out of that hospital... It didn't look like she, she was getting doing well. quality care. Um, I was wondering if you knew how this movie came to be. That's a great question. And, like, how they got, like, all these big names for it. Like, Joaquin Phoenix does, like, kind of odd movies. Like, I could see him doing a smaller thing, but, like, they got Big Bob. Yeah, and that was... That's a huge pull. It's really surprising to me. For a small part. Yeah. And I think it it brought, like, a lot of, um, you know... It, like, lifted the movie, having somebody like him. And I also think it was, like, very much... so weird. It's totally... Like, everyone accuses this movie of being a ripoff of Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy, like, which it is. Both of which were Scorsese movies starring De Niro, so I think it was very much like, oh, we're doing like this kind of homage. Like, wouldn't it be cool to have him in this different role? Because this director, didn't you say he hasn't done a whole lot? Um, so this was directed by Todd Phillips, who <laughs> directed the Hangover trilogy. Right. And before that, uh, Old School, Starsky and Hutch, <laughs> Road Trip, like movies like that. Like, so, he's like, not big names, but, like, comedies. Big names and, like, lowbrow stuff. Like, no one ever looked at Todd Phillips and was like, this is an artiste. Probably still don't. But like, I this mean, is... this movie was, like, well done. Yeah. I just don't enjoy watching it. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's that's fair. So I'm just, like, pulling out the Wikipedia here because I had never really looked this up myself. I didn't know if it was one of the ones that had been kicked around for decades or what. So uh, back in 2015 or so, Joaquin Phoenix was, like, to his agent, was interested in doing a low-budget, like, comic book villain movie. Like, he was like, oh, this would be cool, a uh, character study type thing. Um, and yeah, that checks like, out. A year or two later, Todd Phillips was like, oh, like, maybe, like, we can do, like, a kind of Joker origin story, like, disconnected from everything else. Joaquin Phoenix... But I want to know the conversation between this director and Joaquin Phoenix and Joaquin being like, yeah, this is the dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I a, would not think that there would be a mutual, like, symbioticness between the two of them. Yeah, I don't know. Like... Unless he was just like, well, you can be the director, but just let me do my thing. Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> didn't even want to do Joker, really. He was like, that's been, like, done before. Like, that's yeah. a big big thing, so like, maybe I'll do something else. Um, but Todd Phillips was like, I want to do Joker because there's no definitive version. So like, I, you have like a lot of freedom to just like fuck around with it. Um, and okay. So Todd Phillips did war dogs, which was not a lot of, not a lot of people saw that movie, but it wasn't a comedy. So Mm -hmm. he started moving in that direction. Um, and (laughs) okay. So he bitched about a woke culture and how he couldn't make comedy movies anymore because He's one of those guys. And I think Joaquin Phoenix is kind of in that train. Yeah, but he's, like, not... Joaquin Phoenix is, like, so such a private person. But he had, like, a weird acceptance speech when he won. He was, like, doing, like, a soapbox about something. I kind of remember that. About, okay, like, so, we live in a society, essentially. <laughs> he, he, was he got, in, like, cut he was off. in full Joker mode. Jesus. Okay, so uh, Todd Phillips had, like, brought this up, and then after uh, Wonder Woman did really well... Uh, DC was like, all right, maybe we'll like stop doing, stop doing everything in like the shared universe and like, which is kind of silly because it took them, well, I guess they did this and then the Batman wasn't that much longer after, but, uh, yeah, they, they got Todd Phillips to do it. And then Jared Leto was pissed off that he had been promised a Joker movie and then didn't get it. Uh, I didn't know that was like in the cards for him. I, I don't think it ever really was, but I, I guess they were putting their their eggs in his basket for a while. He was trying to get Jared Leto was trying to get his music manager to cancel the movie, which is pretty wild. Uh, Warner Brothers pushed for Todd Phillips to cast Leonardo DiCaprio as the Joker. Boo! But Todd Phillips was like, um, "I only want Joaquin Phoenix," <laughs> and they wrote the script for him. Um. But I like Leo, just not for this. Not for this. But Joaquin Phoenix was. was like, okay, I like the script, but it took him a while to to commit. Um, I could he was also like, it's, see that. It's a lot, and I don't want people to think of me as Arthur Fleck, basically. But uh, so yeah, it, it kind of just like Todd Phillips brought it up, and Joaquin was down for it. Pretty cool. Well, think also talking about how it came to be his like end character which we started talking about is so odd he's like putting on this like voice this like affect that did make me feel like it was like Heath Ledger's Joker mm-hmm. even like to how he looks like the outfit that he's wearing and like the bloodied smile at the end like it's very very Heath Ledger-y yeah 
For sure. And uh, it all ties together in the end. It does. With the walking away from the theater. Mm-hmm. Weird night to be walking out of the theater with everything going on. Yeah, not ideal. But I guess that all happened suddenly. I think the riot started like when they were in the movie. That's my take on it. Well, like, like the whole it? shooting? Like the, sh- the subway shooting? No. Oh, like on the TV? Yeah, I, I took that as like he he shoots Murray and then like things like go off like in the next couple hours. So I think either like the shooting happened and they're like, oh, well. I we think they have to already there. be at the play. Yeah. that's Or I they're think, just that out of touch. I think, well, it could be either with how they're being presented. I'm just like, where's Alfred? He was there in that one scene. He was there. And I was, it's so funny because like he shows up and I was like, damn, this guy's kind of an asshole. And then I'm like, of course, like. Everyone's an asshole. This guy just showed up outside the fence and started grabbing Bruce's cheeks. Did he ever say a line? Alfred? Bruce? Oh, no. Bruce never talked. Yeah, I think that was a good, good choice and and interesting. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, the, the, the whole bit of like the riots directly leading to the Waynes being killed. It's just like so cool. I thought that was very clever. Yeah. Um, and I know like people. That it's not him, but it's like because of him. Yeah. And like people roll their eyes at like doing the scene of their, the parents' death over and over, which is like, we've seen it a lot. But, and I am shamelessly aping this from somebody else because I didn't really connect the dots. I kind of noticed like when we were watching it that like we always have like the pearl necklace being like pulled off. But typically like it's robbery. like he's, yeah, the robber's trying to steal it and she like resists. But in this one, he shoots her and then just like rips it. Yeah. And this person was like, that's because like this version of their murder is not robbery. It's like right. just fuck you. We like, hate Thomas we Wayne. We hate Thomas Wayne. So we're going to kill right. you. I think it would have been better to have just watched them walking into the alley. Yeah. Like, and maybe I, seen somebody with a mask follow them, but like. I think it would have been better because it's like we know what's going to happen and we don't need to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it could have been if we just had him like disappear. But I wasn't like mad like, oh, we've already seen this scene. Like, that's not what bothered me. I just think it would have been more interesting mm-hmm. to leave it. Yeah, right. Because like to the audience, like, you know what this is. Like, yeah. <laughs> we we don't need to show you. 100%. We knew it as soon as we saw them walk out. Yeah, like obviously. I think it's funny that I think in almost every version they're they're leaving a movie or a play or something. Mm-hmm. That's just how That's it is. Just, that is a nexus event. It is. <laughs> they love the arts. <laughs> that they do. Old Tommy Wayne. Ah, oh, shit. I had something else that I was going to mentioned but i I can't remember because even in the michael keaton one he like goes to the movie theater yeah oh man um yeah well i guess i don't have too much else like on the plot i just we didn't talk about like the scene where he kills randall which i thought that was like the most like there's also some comedy in uh, that it was like black comedy so i i that's when this little person can't reach the thing and that, that whole thing was, I thought that interaction was very funny. I mean, it, the whole thing is great because, like, he. He's like, uh, Arthur, can you get the door? And, you know, Arthur, like, fake, like, he's like, ah. And, like, he's just, like, so, like, just, like. See, he's also very suave there, which is interesting. Yeah. Very and comfortable. He, he, like, opens the door for him and then closes it again. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, 
You're the only one that was nice to me. I thought that was all um, good. Yeah, I thought that was, like, an important moment. Oh, yeah, and so I'd seen, like, the... In the movie, like, it's very ambiguous. Like, he has this moment of realization where he's like, I was alone every time I thought I was, like, somewhere with Sophie. Like, none of this ever happened. Uh, and then it cuts to him, like, walking down the hallway. But Todd Phillips is like, I don't think that he killed her. Because at that point, he was very much, like, showing mercy to, like, Gary, for example. And, like, right. Sophie didn't do anything to him. I think right. he, he just had that moment and then... Left. Yeah, I was troubled by the quick cutaway, but yeah, but I, I think it, it did a good job of being like, huh? Because they also showed everyone else being killed, right? And I I watched a reaction to this movie on YouTube from a channel I like, and I was just enjoying, just you know, reliving like kind of like that realization and him like doing like the gun to the head thing yeah. both times. I thought it was like really really interesting. I do feel like every um, death, he has a reason for it. And in our other versions of the Joker, he's killing for, like, seemingly no reason or just to cause chaos. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't... And maybe that's part of this movie is being, like, to the public, it looks like it's chaos, that he's just doing it to cause chaos. But... He always has, like, an internal reason. It was personal, yeah. But, like, it's not... Uh, it, it it doesn't seem like that. Yeah. I don't know. Even though, like, for at least, like, a handful Like, that's how they the painted ones. the subway thing. It's like, they were killed for no reason. Right. What could these guys possibly have done wrong? Fine, fine young men. Exactly. Yeah, and, like, yeah, I, I'm just trying to think, like, making the comparison to, like, Heath Ledger's Joker, who... In that movie, like, most of the times he's killing people, he's, like, scheming. Right. So it is, like, it's to an end, but, like, the end is unclear. But it's not personal. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's just, how can I fuck with the mob or how can I fuck with Batman? The only people that it seems personal with are the people in the opening scene that are yeah. greedy. Yeah, well. <laughs> Bigger they had, cut, they had right? it coming. Um, Francis McDormand declined playing the mom. The mom. So they got another Francis to take over. I've seen her in other stuff. I like her. <laughs> That's funny. Um, let's see. Alec Baldwin was originally cast as Thomas Wayne. I wouldn't have liked that. Dropped out two days later. Um, but oh, Alec Baldwin also noted the description of the character for a reason for his departure. I'm like, did you not know what you're signing up for? Apparently well, the script... Well, no, because Thomas Wayne is not always a bad person. Well, I think it was in the script, though, which he would have... Would he have? Maybe not. It's apparently described as a cheesy and tanned businessman who's more in the mold of a 1980s Donald Trump, which is about right. Damn. But, uh, yeah. You know, going on, uh... Going on Letterboxd, there's just, like, you can't get away from, like, the public perception of a movie like this. So, like, there's so many, like, half-star reviews. And I'm like, look. Based on what? Like, what are they saying that's bad about like, it? This movie is, like, nihilistic and just, like, it gratuitous. just sucks ass. It's gratuitous. It has no message. Todd Phillips is, like, not. I don't I think mean, it has a message. It, it doesn't. Um, but I also do think, like, I you know, I'm I'm not... I don't rate any movies on Letterboxd because it gives me anxiety. <laughs> I can't I can't pick a star. Um, but this is not... To me, this is not a half-star movie. Um, I have seen... Even if I, like, 
have some qualms with the movie, and like especially like with Todd Phillips's uh, views on art <laughs> and culture. Um, I I thought this was like a pretty well executed movie, and I am excited for the second one. It's hard for me to rate a movie that I didn't enjoy, but I think was well made. Mm-hmm. I I recently watched another movie like that uh, for my my personal film club. Uh, it was like a Bollywood movie, and it was just like incredibly just like just beating you over the head with like everything is terrible and i'm like it's like two and a half hours long and i was like man (laughs) like i recognize it i recognize the quality of the art and the filmmaking that went into it but like fuck that i'm not watching that again i was trying to think of another movie like that where i thought it was wow this is like really well done but i don't like it Mm mm-hmm I don't even know if you thought that about Uncut Gems. Like, I don't know if you, like, thought that oh, was, like, good. I definitely thought Uncut Gems was really good. I don't know if I actively disliked it as much as this one. Like, I still liked it, mm-hmm. but I never want to see it again. I guess it is a little bit different. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's similar. But I, I think i more warm towards Uncut Gems. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And maybe it's just the the other stuff surrounding the, the movie. Sure. I mean, yeah, this is like an unrelentingly dark movie surrounded by like a lot of like culture war shit that like yeah. permeated through it for like A lot was months. projected onto it. Yeah. And yeah, it's you can't get away from that. It's it's wrapped up in it. That's that's what it is. But we made it. We did it. It seems like everything's been recorded. We'll see what happens. I am not saying anything until it's uh, live in your feeds tomorrow. Otherwise, who the hell knows? But uh, stay tuned. We have some other fun stuff coming up, uh, including a recently announced cameo in Deadpool 3. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. (laughs) Oh, shit. And we'll be working our way through Secret Invasion. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So stay tuned. Stay and until next time, tuned. we are out, out of, of the, the Superverse. superverse.